inevitable betrayal this is the war and beast podcast i'm greg i'm jordan and i'm the one that's going to inevitably betray everyone well probably (laughs) i was going to say it was going to be me but well i mean that's the twist is that i actually don't betray everyone even though it seems that that should be me Mm. i'm the obvious choice i'm like uh man sucks that sucks that uh Sucks that you can't make Harry Potter references anymore because I was going to say I was like Snape, but <laughs> not not going to do that. Nah. Not going to mention Harry Potter. Too late. <laughs> well, Anywho. we just won't go anymore into it. Yeah. Anywho, we are reviewing War for Cybertron episode or War for Cybertron Earthrise episode four this week. So before we get into it, uh, Kendall, do I really want to ask the question or? I, I I'm too busy messing with my rat trap to do a gag right here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Ken, Kendall got got his rat trap today, and I got my Optimus Primal. So, spoilers for folks: we have toys. <laughs> I have a very pretty looking Primal, and I cannot, for the life of me, get this guy to transform. I had him, and then I transformed it back, and now I can't for, figure it out again. Uh oh. And I lost my instructions. I just had him a minute ago. I haven't gone anywhere. But, uh, Jordan, what do we have on the TF Wiki this week? Uh, Only a few things, actually. Um, Another callback to Megatron calling Alita 1 Ariel. Mm -hmm. Like her name for before being rebuilt in the Generation 1 cartoon War Dawn. And we get another movie reference where, of course, Megatron's telling Starscream, I still function. Yes. Uh, There is... Uh, those are references, but there is a small mo- uh, trivia thing where it mentions that uh, even in the episode, like Scorponok is kind of like a neutral other creation of the Quintessons, like uh, basically Autobots and Decepticons are Cybertron- Cybertronians, and Scorponok is last the- of the Scorponok group, which we'll get to and all that. Yeah. But it is pointed out that in the show he has a Decepticon symbol. Mm-hmm. But Although it, is, it does look slightly modified. Yeah, it, I was just about to say it is modified. The it's it's hard to, to say if you haven't seen the the uh, the original like insignias before or anything like that. But it's basically the bottom two triangles of the Decepticon image are actually tilted slightly out to make like like scorpion pinchers, which is kind of neat. Ah, ah, that is cool. 
Like I can get uh, an image here of it. Hold on. Just just for uh, for our sake. And something else I noticed with it too is um, uh, they mentioned. Oh, that is cool. Um, oh, okay. But yeah. but Scorponop mentions that he's the last of the Scorponok, which makes it almost seem as if there was a race of Scorponok. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of weird too, and I don't know, Greg. You've seen more, so I you, the fact that you're confused by it probably means that they don't exactly fully explain it well either. Yeah. But at the same time, Scorponok seems also talk about himself in the first person too. So mm-hmm. that could just be a a, a, a a speech inflection of our quirk of his. True. Um, they do make reference to a family as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's hard to say. But it it was left very ambiguous. We'll we'll put it that way. Yeah. But maybe. Maybe that's something they might draw back to later on. I I don't know for sure. Kendall, what did you just post here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, chicks really dig when you're the last of something. Yeah, because he's the last of the Scorpionox. Yes, I posted the Simpsons picture where the guy or the guys the Mohicans and Lisa's like I thought you were. I thought you were. There weren't any of you left, and he says no. But we encourage the myth. Chicks really dig you when they think you're the last of something. <laughs> oh my! So was that all we had on the TF Wiki this week, Jordan? Yeah, that's that's all we have. That's eh, not so bad. Well, getting into the episode proper, we open up back on the station. Actually, this is a very station-centric episode. I don't think we had a single cut to Cybertron, if I remember correctly. I don't think so. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. There was no Cybertron. Yeah. Because we're, because we're still in the the cliffhanger of, of what are, what are what are they gonna do? Like, because yep. they're gonna murder all the Decepticons. Mm. But yes, we we open up this episode with the banging on the door as Scorponok manages to to bust through. And we have the Autobots who start shooting their, trying to shoot their way, rather, uh, through, but uh, not seeming very effective right now. Uh, Ironhide radios Prime, and Prime tells him to get Ratchet's team back onto the ship and prepare for launch. Uh, Of course, Ironhide is concerned. He's like, just do it. He's like, if we can't make it, then take off without us. So Prime tries to make the the noble sort of stand to to keep Scorponok sort of distracted so the others can get away, but then Bumblebee decides that Prime's not going to fight alone. And, of course, Prime is like, well, what are you doing? And then as he turns around, he gets grabbed by Scorponok. <laughs> so the plan went awry a little bit. And then we get the credits. But overall, we I mean, we've, we've got the action pretty much from the get-go mm-hmm. at this point, so... Um, once we get back from the credits, uh, we've got the uh, Autobots, who are, or rather Bumblebee, is, is sort of trying to take aim. RC is very concerned that he'll hit Prime. And just as she says that, a shot hits Scorponok's claw. He drops Optimus, and then we're like, uh... And then we pan up, and there's the Decepticons. And of course, Megatron claims Prime is his... 
So we <laughs> we have have an interesting little bit of uh, a little bit of a back and forth between Bumblebee and RC. As B is like, "How did he find us?" And she's like, "Go figure. We dealt with a guy named Double Dealer." <laughs> so. As I said, I would love it if we found out that he actually didn't double deal him and it was just one of his flunkies. Yeah. I mean, they're all mercenaries. Either one, I wouldn't surpri- It wouldn't surprise me if none or all of them did it. That's true. Yep. Could have been any one of them. But we, uh, Scorponuk doesn't seem uh, overly enthused to see more intruders. He refers to them as contagion. Uh, Megatron orders his Decepticons to clear a path. As uh, Optimus tells Wheeljack to grab one of the the explosives, um, Bumblebee's really concerned because obviously they had placed those specifically to destroy the base so they could get through. But uh, Prime's like, if we can't get out of here, there's no point in any of what we've done. So, so we we have Wheeljack grabbing an explosive that he put onto uh, one of the door frames. We got back to the Decepticon. Soundwave gets plucked up next. And then we see our first shot of Ravage. Yay. He pops out of his chest and immediately transforms and claws at Scorponok's face before jumping off. And then gets slapped. Yeah. But at least Soundwave's able to get off. Get get away. So so that was good. Okay. I got my rat trap transformed. Hooray. He's way easier to turn into a robot than he is into a, a rat. It's very hard to get him transformed into a rat, but it is very impressive that he looks like a rat when you transform him. That's good. Like, like it's, it's a, it's a technology, but you got to twist in his legs and stuff. Right. Go figure. You give it, you know, a good 25 years and, (laughs) but they're also, I don't know. Like, did they, were they always this hard to transform? I feel like all the new ones I get are like so hard to like, it's so counterintuitive how to transform them. I th- it, I th- it does seem as though there is a lot more steps involved. Yeah, it seems as they as they've gotten old. I, it's kind of twofold. They kind of realize not only are a lot of the people who buy them are older nostalgia, you know, people with nostalgia and stuff, but also that kids are actually a lot smarter than they seem. Mm. <laughs> like it's not it's not like three year olds and and people who have. Like they have, they have ones that are are specifically made to just be one step for, for two young ones. Like the older kids who buy them, anyways, know enough to be able to follow the instructions if they wanted to. Yeah, and it's also at the point where like the joints and stuff can give. So if a kid messes up, it doesn't break the toy. That's and... yeah, that's also true. Makes me wonder how it's going to be when I try and transform in this Optimus later, but. Well, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like the Optimus, I'm really hoping the Optimus isn't overly complicated because like Optimus is so like the transformation in Optimus is so basic. And so like, I don't know, like he wasn't, he's not one that needs to be that complicated. Mm -hmm. Like he stands up on his legs, he twists around, he gets some feet and he, and his head lands on his chest. Yep. Like, yeah. like there's not, there doesn't need that to be that much to him. So hopefully, hopefully that's the case. Cause I, I don't know that he's, he's, I agree. I'm, I'm like him and him and Megatron both. I'm really hoping are not overly complicated with how they transform mm-hmm. beast Megatron. <laughs> but yes, we, uh, 
as uh, Prime gets one of the explosives, he's sort of getting ready to to use it, but Megatron uh, starts pummeling Prime, uh, knocks him to the ground, but then Prime is able to to you know sort of grab Megatron's arm. Uh, Bumblebee tries to intervene, only to get knocked away by Megatron as you know Prime starts to get up, and Megatron's like, you know, how I've longed for this. And they start talking a little bit. Uh, Ravage gets plucked up by Scorponok and pretty much, you know, tossed like a ball. You know, sad to see. Yeah. Sad to see Kitty. But at least he didn't explode like our last episode with the ones that got thrown into walls. So, yeah, those poor unnamed cogs. Yes. Yeah. The Ravage was black. So obviously, uh, he has to die first. It wasn't a red. It wasn't a wasn't a red shirt. So <laughs> they didn't want it. They didn't want to do that trope. No, <laughs> I'm glad they didn't because I really like Ravage in this. We have we have we have two cute scenes, even though it's they're pretty much carbon copies of one another. It's 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 a, yeah. two really cute scenes. I thought. <laughs> um, I wonder but, if I would hate Ravage as much as I did back in the day. If I rewatched those episodes, the Ravage episodes of Beast Wars now, because I'm like so much more like open minded with uh, that kind of stuff now with uh, not with like non beast things. I still think it's dumb that he turns into a cassette tape, but <laughs> but like I wonder if I would be less I wonder if I would be more accepting because like I don't know, like like uh, there was some there were some like, moments here with Soundwave with like in this episode where I was like, hmm, I wonder like. And I was interested, I was actually interested in what Soundwave's character would do. And I'm like, but I thought I didn't like Soundwave. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. As long, don't maybe know, as long as he keeps his goddamn mouth shut. Well, that's <laughs> pretty easy because he has, you know, the face covering. So, <laughs> uh, But we do get a, a bit of banter back and forth between Prime. Uh, Prime is trying to tell Megatron that... He's found a path to the AllSpark and that there's still time to save Cybertron. Uh, Megatron really doesn't have any of it, though. He just points his gun at him and says, you're going to die here. Nothing can change that now. Uh, but he's like, if you really want to save our people, then give me those coordinates. And Prime then grabs his gun and points it at Megatron. Yeah, I like that Prime, that Prime just like bends over, picks up the gun. Like, if you point a gun at someone... You're supposed to shoot them when they do a thing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, all this gets interrupted by the wrath of the last Scorpionok as uh, he's changed back to his uh, scorpion form because yes. he was fighting them as a giant robot. If you remember from the last episode. Yep. So just as Scorpionok jumps into the air, Prime manages to grab the explosive again, hucks it at Scorpionok and shoots his blaster. And Megatron jumps in between the two of them. As we then get a giant explosion, the screen whites out. And then as we fade back in, we've got Bumblebee and RC. <laughs> Bumblebee's like, I guess that's one way to end a skirmish. But then they realize that, oh, hey, we're uh, floating in the middle of this room. Because apparently the gravity generator has been knocked out. But then Wheeljack has to go and say, oh, I found the switch and... It's the switch, and Bumblebee nearly falls into the pit from last episode because of it. So, good old Wheeljack, never really thinking before he acts, but... Yeah, like, I mean, 
at one point he might have thought like, oh no, they don't want to fall to the ground, but is, and he's thinking better. But then you look and they are pretty dang close to that yeah. thing. And I think there is a scene when once they're falling down where RC has to basically help Bumblebee back out from Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. you know, I don't I don't also I feel like every time this happens in any show ever where the the gravity is off and then somebody turns the gravity back on this is what happens or like no then they all yeah <laughs> that's true see kendall if we ever make any sort of a show or anything like that we have to do the opposite what we should do is we should make sure if there's stuff floating around that the people grab it all put it back on the floor before they trigger it all <laughs> And then make I thought you were going to say uh, they, they would turn the, the gravity on, they would flip the gravity switch, and then they would fall up. That's uh, the opposite no. of them falling down. Yeah, yeah we could try that. I, I think it would be, it would be funnier. Or, or, less... or we turn we do that and nothing happens because everyone's already like Velcroed themselves to the ground. Ooh. Or work. you do that and nothing happens because it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... that would be that would be the that would be the thing. They're like, they're like, no, 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 no. And then he flips the switch. And they're like, oh, okay, nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then they fall. <laughs> See, Netflix, this is why you should be hiring us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Wheeljack goes on to, to let the rest of them know that the, the blast has sealed the blast doors. So they have no way out at this point. And they the also communications know... are kind of cut off because of the sealed area i think or something yeah and uh mirage is uh concerned because prime is the only one that's not with us or with them rather yeah he's like do you think prime's okay and bubbly's like of course he's a prime and then we we cut to to a sort of broken down wall as prime manages to to sort of unbury himself from behind it he tries so, to radio. Oh, sorry. Go so ahead. When, when Bumblebee says, of course, he's a prime. Mm-hmm. There's a few moments in this show that I feel like people kind of act out of character. And that is something that Bumblebee would say in another incarnation of Transformers. I don't know which, yeah. like, like a, a general, like where Bumblebee is an Autobot is, is like the second Autobot, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, where he's the, 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 uh, the Wolverine character, like the, you know, the like most popular, not the leader character. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make sense, but I guess he's also kind of the Wolverine character of this, but a different way. Yeah, but sorta. he's in this, he's like, he's like barely an Autobot. Um, and he, and he, he doesn't, he doesn't trust an Optimus because he's a prime. He trusts an Optimus because Optimus has, has proven himself. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, and, and, and so it's more like he has, he has more loyal loyalty to the individual, the individual, individual not the title. the title. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a good so point. I, yeah. I don't yep. really like that line for him. The only thing I can think, and this is, and this is like, uh, thinking way too much into it, which is what we do anyways, yeah. is that maybe <laughs> he's saying it for the benefit of the others who might not, uh, be, I mean, like they've been with him for longer than he has. So he probably doesn't even consider that, but maybe just reminding them that he is a prime help helps some of them. Yeah. But I, I do understand where Kendall's coming from though with it. Yeah. 
And it's just this, this like was like one moment. And then there's the, ne- like the next moment is the next thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, okay. But yes, we, we get uh, Megatron who, or sorry, we get prime who sees Megatron's hand from under some rubble immediately starts to, to pull the debris away. And we see that Megatron has a, Babel girder right through his chest. Yep. And then from there, we then cut to Ravage, who we get we get a, a scene of somebody looking up at the ceiling from the floor, and we have Ravage coming into frame over top of them, sniffing. <laughs> and then we see that it's Starscream, and Starscream's like, get off of me! And Ravage just yelps. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny because in this this... In this episode, Ravage acts more like a dog, yeah, than than a panther. But it's it works at least. I mean, it, it didn't make it, it endeared me. Like I honestly thought Ravage was about to start licking start screen. Yeah, no, nope, I was expecting it too. I thought it was rather. I thought it was rather cute. But yeah, uh, but yeah, it, it was definitely yeah, it was interesting. But yes, we uh, we then get uh, Starscream, who's like, "Where's Megatron?" and and uh, sorry, it's not. I was about to say Perceptor. It's not Perceptor. Reflector. It's Reflector. Uh, Reflector is like he was at the center of the blast, and then Meg or Starscream is really immediately trying to capitalize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds. That's that's Starscream. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, we we must crush the Autobots and return the Allspark to Cybertron. Uh, so yeah, what what is it? It's, it hasn't even been like what two minutes since <laughs> since yeah. Megatron's supposed death. <laughs> Didn't take long, but well, you know that's that's uh that's him for you. I I yeah yeah that's him for you. I think that work. I think that works. So um so have yeah. we already passed the scene that you were going to bring up, Kendall? Or is no it no we're no we're we're not there. I'll I'll let you know. Okay. So we, we cut back to, to Optimus and Megatron and Megatron is saying, what have you done? And Prime is sort of, you know, trying to calm him down because he's obviously mortally wounded. And Megatron's like, how did we get here? And Prime's like, well, the explosion. And he's like, no, I mean, how is it that you keep cheating death and leaving me <laughs> to suffer the consequences? <laughs> Which- you know, that. It's a very true thing too. That's weird. Yeah. When you think about it, with what, like, in all all in all things here, it's trying to paint Megatron as a bad guy. But when he says it like that, it's like, you know, that's actually right. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, the end of last season, and then now. So. So this is so this back and forth is is where I'm I'm like I don't know, and I mean maybe I'm just back and forth, maybe I'm overthinking it, but. It's actually, it's actually more. It's, it's not even that they're out, acting out of character. It's that this is kind of a trope that I don't like in most media, mm-hmm. uh, especially like because because this is a situation where these are two factions at war. Yes, happy to kill members of the other faction. I'm mm-hmm. sure that I'm sure that Optimus has has shot down his fair share of seekers in his day. Oh, you yeah. know, um. And and he has been fighting with everything and giving up 
throwing away the lives of his friends mm-hmm. in order to in order to fight Megatron in order to and all he has to do is like let Megatron die or take advantage of it and kill and you know do the thing that he's been trying to do yeah. that his army has been trying to do this whole time and then he just doesn't follow through because of some like honor thing and it's not even like he tries to arrest it's not like he he arrests him like you know if these were if 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 this was a situation where it was like where these were people and it was a guy that was injured you would disarm him and then you would arrest him or whatever yeah. but i just I, I i don't like when it's you know it's it's uh it's no end game it's like what's the end game if not to get rid of megatron mm-hmm. um also he's like how did we get here and i'm like are we gonna see a flashback no <laughs> <laughs> like like it, it this would have been a perfect time for a for a flashback episode yeah or 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 at least like to kind of fill in a little bit more of the of their backstory, mm-hmm. which again, I'm not sure whether I want the backstory or not, but it just seemed, I don't know. It's it just the way they were acting. They were, they were a lot more chummy and maybe it's because they were alone. And so they didn't have to show off for their, for their minions, but they were, there was this, they were a lot more friendly with each other than they have been anywhere else in the series. Well, probably um, the 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 fact that Megatron is pretty close to death at this point as well is is oh, probably yeah, and also that's also. dumb too. Like, why is why is the robot heart in the heart place? <laughs> like, well, we don't know if it's the heart. Whatever I mean, it is, like he's, he's leaking. Yeah, yeah, he's leaking. Uh, whatever fluid, uh, Tarantulas' filters will adjust. Uh, but like. Yeah, I I don't know. It's like it it seems like it seems like from like everything that we've seen in all of Transformers that getting getting impaled on a stick shouldn't be a death sentence. True. Like like uh the way that it would be if you were a human. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it, it just it kind of I I it just it, I don't know. It, it, uh, I'm being, I'm being like, and I mean, I'm being nitpicky here because I think that we've been generally really, really positive about this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I think it's, it's fair to, it's fair to say like, this is a scene that kind of like a little bit rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but like, I don't know. They just kind of felt like they, uh, they were different in some ways. They felt like they were, they were, they were acting a little bit out of character and then yes, I also didn't. Yeah, I didn't particularly like Megatron being impaled on a stick and having that be high. That just doesn't, you know. I don't know. There is something that 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 comes to mind though. We saw Autobots impaled on sticks last season. Yep, we did. We did. Yeah, I remember when um, Mirage was trying to pretend to be a, a Decepticon, and they pointed it out like, "Oh, we could always use use uh, more target practice or something." I don't. I don't even. I don't. That was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but also the '86 um, movie Prime dies after getting pretty much stabbed in the torso. Can you hold on a second? Yep. Yeah. I. I mean, I guess. I guess maybe that worked. I guess you guys might be proving me wrong. I. Maybe we I have. Know. Maybe we have discovered the the Transformers' secret weakness. I. I think also. I think the other thing that bugged me about it was 
a grenade went off in both of their faces. True enough. And the only reason that Megatron is even hurt is because he landed on a stick. <laughs> like, like grenade does nothing. Stick. That's what murders you. Like, it's. I don't know. I I I I think if they had been, I, the scene would have worked more for me if they had been more. If there had been more battle damage, like if they uh-huh. had both been clearly injured, yeah. Um, if they kind of had shown that more, um, oh, that's true. Oh, oh, but is this the scene where Optimus asks what's going on with Alita? Yes. Okay. And so this what is I... also the same scene where uh, Megatron talks about the ship and how he made it, and also where Prime apologizes. Right, right. Enough. <laughs> yeah, he says yeah. he says I was wrong. Like, there's interesting yeah. stuff here. There's interesting stuff here. Uh, if I had not spent too much time eating dinner, I would have pulled some clips of this yeah. scene. Probably. Um, it was more I, important. <laughs> or, or I mean, I mean, you know, we if I wanted to, I could pull audio clips and put them into the episode after the fact, but it's not going to happen. So (laughs) I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm back and forth on, on the, on the value of audio clips. Just watch the damn episode. People, there's only six episodes. Um, and it's on Netflix. You have Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, your parents have Netflix. Someone, you know, has Netflix. Yeah. Get, get their Netflix password. Um, uh, but, uh, so he asked about Alita and this I thought was very powerful. Megatron, he does not say she's been deactivated or she no longer functions or she was destroyed. Mm-hmm. She says she's dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like says or like dead, like death, murder, kill, die. Like the thing you don't say that word on a cartoon. Yeah. You have whatever kind of any other kind of word that is not literally death. Mm-hmm. Um, which was very powerful. Of course, he's also wrong. Yes, because then, like, after a momentary pause, he then says, or at least I assume she is. <laughs> I assume by now. But again, he thinks pretty much living, staying on Cybertron's a death knell for anyone who didn't come right. with him on Nemesis right. anyways. Yeah, I do think, I do think there's also something in this, in this exchange, in these exchanges between Optimus and Megatron where, Megatron knows how bad Cybertron has gotten. Cybertron yeah. has gotten so bad that he started killing his own people because Shockwave is dumb. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, you, you know, Optimus is thinking it was bad before, so it must be, when he says it's really bad, he must mean it's that level of bad when really it's so much worse. Yeah. You know, nobody cares about even if they bring the AllSpark back to the back to Cybertron, it's not like it's going to fix everything. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some some high points and some low points that that you've brought up that uh-huh. you know you're you're certainly not wrong about with this scene. I think there's definitely some interesting interactions between the two, um, and it makes me wonder what might have happened if. They were just merely trapped. Like, say, if they were they were trapped in a room, they didn't have their weapons, or they weren't working, or something like that. How how things might have gone? Right, right. The yeah, the framing device of of Megatron having being com- at, completely at at Optimus's mercy mm-hmm. didn't quite 
yeah, that that didn't quite work for me. I, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong. I mean, Optimus is a is an uber good is a Boy Scout good guy, but he's I don't know. I just I feel like this version of Optimus. There's other versions. It's just it's kind of like Bumblebee. Well, like what I was saying with Bumblebee. Like there's other versions of Optimus that a hundred percent this would be. You know, if you're if you're talking about Optimus as Superman, yeah. Like Superman would do this in a situation with Lex Luthor, but I yes. feel like I feel like this version of Optimus is not. He's a younger, uh, a little and and a little bit more desperate version mm-hmm. of Optimus that from from what we've seen so far, and 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 I, I don't know. It just doesn't. It seems like he would be willing to, at the very least, leave leave him there. Yeah, to leave him there. Yeah. But then again, if he'd have left him there to die, and he died, I would have been mad too. So I don't know. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like the it's, end of it's, Batman Begins. It's like a very fine begins. line. I, I, it doesn't make any sense that every time Batman doesn't kill a villain, it doesn't make any sense to me. But also, the end of Batman Begins, and he, when he makes that comment, and he's like, I, "I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you, Qui Gon Jinn," and he's like, <laughs> and, and, "and and and that 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 like ruins that movie for me. Like I have to." I have to like sus- I have to like imagine that that part didn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it it's it's an interesting scene to say the least. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a it's got its character moments, and we'll see how yeah. it pays off too. Yeah, because what one is happening is uh, Prime believes that he hears voices. Um, Megatron thinks that it's just the environmental systems rebooting, but. Uh, Prime is, is of the mind that you know he doesn't know what atrocities that Megatron has done, but the only way that they're getting out of there is with you know together, and Prime has to help him. So he he basically suggests like a truce, like putting aside the differences and working together. <laughs> Megatron's like, I would rather die here than be carried out by you, and Prime is like, Well, I will not let you die. Um. Megatron says that he's weak um, and that the best, single best thing that could happen for him and his idealistic crusade is to is just for Megatron to die and all he needs to do is not help but he can't even manage that he calls uh, it a damn fool idealistic crusade that's like that's what uh that's what um what's his name says um does Obi Wan oh. say it, or does or does uh, Owen yes. Mars say it? He says that Owen said that that he didn't want Luke going off on some ideal some on some damn fool idealistic crusade, same yeah. as his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So odd how we've had managed to fit some Star Wars in this episode, but <laughs> I, I mean, I think that they they, they fitted it themselves. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty well known line. Yeah. Although Prime does come back with, you know, if it wasn't for him and his idealistic crusade that Megatron would not have had a villain for his for his troops to have rallied against. He went never into the point to the position of power he probably is in now. Yeah. If he I, wasn't fighting yeah. against them. I really liked uh ref- Optimus referring to himself as the villain. Mhm. Like that, that's, that's this Optimus. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's willing to get his hands dirty to get stuff done, which is again, why it doesn't make sense that he doesn't 
take, yeah. you know, finish Megatron off here. Do what needs to be done. Yeah. But so especially he's... with and I mean I know this is an optimist, but like that last episode or I think it was the last episode when uh when Jetfire was just like murdering all of his friends. <laughs> yeah, it was was just like one after the other stabbing yep. the uh oh, hey hey he was impaling them on a stick. I guess that is how you die. That is how you die. You have to get impaled. That's the only way that you die as a transformer. So are transformers vampires? They're vampires. <laughs> They're well, vampires, but metal instead of wood. As as people have uh, tend to point out, if you do stab someone through the heart with a with a large stick of wood, it would kill them whether they were a vampire or not. <laughs> Technically, uh, it's supposed to just keep the vampire pinned while you do all the other extra steps of whatever you need to do to kill it. But still, the idea that just staking them kills them is pretty much true for a lot of things, if you ask me. Mm. Yeah, but but uh, I saw that episode of Buffy where Faith accidentally murdered the guy because <laughs> she stuck a, a, a stake in a guy that was a person and then she ended up going to jail. Buffy's is a good show. I need to watch that. I need to watch that. That was actually the worst season, though. So, mm-hmm. or no, was it the? I don't know which season is worst. Season three is not the worst season because that's I don't know. But anyway, we we get Optimus um, telling Megatron as he grabs onto this girder, this will be painful. <laughs> it's sort of like. It's abrasive, but you also have to wonder as well if Optimus is maybe taking a little bit of, you know, enjoyment. Yeah. And then just yanks. (laughs) And Megatron just, you know, lets out this really big yellow. (laughs) And we cut to Wheeljack and the others as the, the lights flash, but then they hear a rumbling, and then they've got Starscream who lifts off from from the hole. And then the other Decepticons have managed to to find their way back as well. And B is asking where their boss is. And Starscream says there's been a change in management as as they start attacking. And we get a a brief firefight before we hear Megatron sort of meekly saying cease fire. And then we see the pair walking through this smoke out of another entrance as... uh, Soundwave immediately goes to Megatron and you know gets him on his shoulder and starts walking with him. And Wheeljack is explaining to Optimus that they're trapped because he can't read the console. The console apparently has an ancient language that he is not able to decipher and it's untranslatable. However, as he's saying that, we've got Soundwave looking to Megatron who then nods back to him and he immediately goes to the console and sort of, you know, just nudges Wheeljack away and, and starts, you know, punching in coordinates and lo and behold, the doors open. (laughs) Obviously not untranslatable. So Uh, very interesting. He doesn't say a word. He just, you know, punches in some keys and that's it. Yeah. And Wheeljack's like, huh? That was easy. <laughs> we do get a a bit of a exchange between Starscream and Megatron, and this is where he he says the line from the movie that I still function. Yeah, because Starscream's mad that he's got any help at all from Prime and and letting the other 
Autobots not do anything. Yeah. Or like basically we're not immediately killing them. Yeah. Yeah, they they have a bit of a, a disagreement and and Starscream is essentially, you know, to what end? Uh he's trying to talk the other Decepticons into, you know, basically like basically saying that Megatron has turned on them, you know, that that he will lead them to what what they need to do. And the Autobots are just sort of standing there like should we, should we get involved in this? And like, I'm not sure we want to get involved in this. <laughs> yeah, Mirage is like, I'm not sure what this is. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which I this is this is a thing. This is the moment where I kind of wondered about uh, Soundwave mm-hmm. because Soundwave to me is in other you know in other mediums or whatever. He's he's a Predacon like just or a predicon a decepticon like just barely like he seems like he's i mean first of all he's in the in the comics he's like allied with the he's a decepticon autobot ally like he's (laughs) yeah in the later ones he's like a liaison yeah so anytime yeah anytime that that the decepticons are just another are just another like they're they're just republicans as opposed to being like, uh, you know, fascists or whatever. I mean, I know the difference is very subtle there, but um, so happy inauguration day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. But uh, like when they're oh. when they're just the other political party, as opposed to um, the full on mortal enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he usually is is in a position uh, he where he is a protagonist. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, even when even when Starscream, you know, is is working with the Autobots or whatever, it's because of his own machinations. Uh, yeah, he's like so, the, the knives in the dark, evil court court uh, kind of character. While Soundwave is is pretty much always on the up and up. Yeah, yeah. So so I I almost wondered if this would be a situation where Soundwave would join with uh with Megatron and then maybe some of the other Decepticons would join with uh with Starscream and they'd have a little you know internal internal, internal dispute there. A little uh yeah a little a, a little fight. Maybe well maybe that and, and you know maybe they fight amongst themselves and that's how the Autobots get away or something like that. Yeah. Do you but think Soundwave is is Soundwave Megatron's Korg? You know Hmm. But do you think Soundwave was in the pits with him in the arena? Um, I think, as far as I can tell, a lot of, especially like some of the newer comics I can remember, he, Soundwave has a lot of respect for Megatron. Mm-hmm. And, and, I don't know, like, it's, it's, yeah, he's a Decepticon, but he's, he's, in his mind, it's towards a better, like, you know, like, like, you, like the, what, what, Originally, the Decepticons were were to to free themselves of being, you know, slaves and gladiatorial uh, combatants and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, and stuff like that. And and but at the same time, that there's also been versions of him that understand that he that he just knows that he is one of those Decepticons that is so important that he's pretty much above everything Mm -hmm. of like infighting and stuff like that, because he's basically the communications and information holder. Yeah. So 
in any situation, uh, he's basically not the one that people would want to mess with because they need him. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it goes back and forth between those, but a lot of the better ones, I think, are the ones where he is almost a loyal friend to Megatron. Like, he is a another friend that a silent uh, uh, compatriot. Yeah. Although I now mean, it, re- it really depends, though. I I am admittedly though thinking of of an interaction between Megatron and Soundwave, similar to Thor Ragnarok, where they're talking about Megatron's fusion cannon. <laughs> oh, your your fusion cannon pulled you off. <laughs> That's oh, just it's... me. That was that was a, that was a small little detour there. <laughs> Don't mind me. I haven't had as much whiskey as Kendall normally does. So. <laughs> normally, <laughs> I did it one time. Well, now imagining Soundwave carrying, carrying around an unconscious Ravage or 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 laser beak in his arms. Oh, he's alive! <laughs> hey, look, he's okay. No, so I think that if you're talking about who was in the pits with Megatron, I think that. Uh, uh, Jetfire was the one that was in the pits with Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Jetfire and maybe uh, uh, Ultra Magnus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's one thing I didn't mention in my little tirade. I don't think uh, Soundwave was in the pits. (laughs) He was like some other kind of. Hmm? I I was just he was some other he was in some other kind of subjugated class. Yeah. Like maybe like, uh, I don't know, like a vendor sort of things or 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 number cruncher or something like that yeah makes sense See, i was thinking like he was the chef <laughs> well i mean he has to feed all those cassettes mm-hmm. it's possible but yes the, so the the starscream he, he starscream finishes it up with i've made my argument how about you megatron <laughs> megatron just shoots him <laughs> yeah he shoots him back into the pit yeah he's like he'll be back now where were we and uh, as he turns his attention to them, we get the reemergence of Scorponok as he starts yep. smacking everybody around. Um, Optimus and Megatron tell all of their troops to attack in unison. Yep. And then they finally have the realization: oh, aim for the head. That seems to be, you know, really what bugging. Really? Yeah. And then we we got to we got to start scream and have pretty much a repeat of what we had just a few minutes ago with Ravage, you know, sniffing him. He's like, "Get off of me!" Okay. <laughs> and then he realizes that uh, he's away from the fighting and he runs for a door. We then cut back to the others and Prime has dragged Megatron over to Wheeljack and tells Wheeljack to fix Megatron. And Wheeljack is extremely apprehensive, <laughs> rightfully so. But Optimus says that they need, if they're going to get out of this alive, they need everyone. So Wheeljack starts working away on Megatron as Prime manages to, to grab some sort of like a, a power cord of some sort. Some cable or something. Yeah. And uh, essentially puts the, the cable around Scorponok's neck. And wrangles him like a cat, like a bull. Yeah, but then Prime gets not stabbed, but he gets shocked by the tip of Scorponok's tail. Yeah, he doesn't impale him with the tail. He just hits them and shocks him with it. So it yeah, does... 
So Prime's able to hold on, but he, he's about to fall off, and then Scorponok is shot uh, by Megatron, who's now got this patch over the, the hole that he had in his chest. <laughs> and Scorponok makes a bit of a retreat. Uh, and lo and behold, as I alluded to at the start of this recording, the sudden but inevitable betrayal. As Megatron essentially just starts saying, nope, screw the plan. I'm going to kill you here, and I'm going to find the Allspark. He's like, for the theft of the Allspark, the clear act of genocide committed against our own kind, for destroying our planet, our entire race, and our way of life, and mostly because I will enjoy it beyond measure, I sentence you and all Autobots to just and painful death. I like how he even proceeds this, where like Prime thanks him for the shot at Scorponok. Yes. And he's like, well, I did warn him, you're mine to kill. And that's yep. when he points his gun at him. Yep. But uh, then we get Prime, uh, in a reference to a couple of episodes ago, saying, metting out judgment, old friend. And then they start having a comparison of Quintessons. And then we get Scorponok showing up again. He's like, yeah. why? What the hell with Scorponok? Like, they keep like, I mean, I guess the point is that they can like knock him down for a minute and then they, and then he keeps coming back. But it just seems like, it just seems like they're like, he should either be, he should either be doing more damage to them mm-hmm. or they should be doing some damage to him. Yeah. The the way that he just keeps coming back this way, I'm I apologize if I'm being overly negative on this episode, but this was no no I don't know this and episode had some weird had some weirdness to it. It did. Well, it and it goes back to what was we kind of talked about in the last episode, but we didn't really fully explain, and it's still not fully explained even when what the hobby thing is like oh aim for the head, is that he's probably a headmaster, which mm-hmm. means that. Really, the only thing that is that is him is his head. Everything else is just like a remote controlled body. So he might just not care what they do to the rest of his body. It might be damaged. It's just that he doesn't have to worry about it because it's not his actual body. You know, That's but true. like but at the same time, they are not very clear on that. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe this is this is that uh thing where ravage turns into a cassette with no reasoning in beast wars yeah but i feel like i feel like this show has been pretty good about a lot like when they introduce a new concept Mm -hmm. like making it make sense without having previous knowledge and i think that having i i don't know it's just they could have this isn't that the idea of an episode where the Decepticons show up, catch up to Optimus and, gang, and the gang, and they have to uh, work together to fight against Scorponok. Uh, like that could work as a concept, but it's it's the the execution is weird in this. And like, yeah. And then Scorponok is like, ah, oh, so when the Quintessens uh, had you, they made you fight against each other. And now you escaped the quintessence and you're still fighting each other. That means I need to fight you. Yeah. It, it is a very odd logic thing, too. Yeah. Scor- and Scorponok is, like, last episode, it kind of made sense because he was just kind of a a force of nature. But when you, like, have him talking about 
him being the last of his people and everything. Like, it's like, why are you, I don't understand why you're just arbitrarily fighting these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at that point, it's more like he's just given in to rage. Yeah. Right, right. Which I think is, and it's not, yeah, there's not a lot of clear stuff here. Like, things are very ambiguous here, but I don't know. Like, the only thing I took from it was that he was mad that his his kind, his, like, the Scorpinax, he's like the last of, were under the, were under the cruel rule of Quintessens, and they never got to rise up. But the but the transform you know the Cybertronians the Autobots and Decepticons they were under their rule they be, but they rose up they freed themselves they they stopped they didn't have to fight for their amusement anymore and yet mm-hmm. they're st- instead of like you know creating a world where they were happy and, and and living in peace away from these terrible things they still bicker and fight with each other and I and that's that seemed what made him mad. But right, again, and that's a good message. That's a good message, but it just didn't it's muddied. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another thought that occurs to me with Scorponok being a headmaster is could the family that he refers to here not be Cybertronians? It could, could it be that the other the, ones, the yeah, target monsters, the yeah. Micromasters and such. Yeah. Could it have been that the Quintessens maybe made them to, you know, war, sort of work symbiotically, I guess, with the Nebulons and that the Quintessens murdered all the rest of the Cybertron, well, like the other Transformers and the Nebulons? And like he is literally the last one left of two races, like two races on a planet. It's possible. I mean, Especially that would explain why uh, the symbol he has is sort of like a Decepticon one. Mm. And again, like like I said, like this the Scorponaut head is its own little thing, while the body is like a uh, well, most time like a Scorponaut and some of the others are like platforms and like little base things that have extra stuff to them to decide, yeah. like a size down from a Metroplex or such. Yeah. This uh, this toy does have a battle station mode as well. Yeah, yeah. So though we never see it. No, no. But uh, but yeah, w- the interesting thoughts that we that come. I mean, it's not a great scene, but interesting thoughts that come out of it. At least. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. It's 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 fine. It's this show's allowed to be weird. It's allowed to miss the mark. I I. Oh, it's, yeah. I think it's it's fine that, that that some stuff in this episode missed the mark. I, it's just uh, it it just I don't know some weird weirdness. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we get back on track next episode. Yeah, yeah. it's I just mean, things you want to question. Yeah, I mean we've had three pretty good episodes so far out of six. So I mean having one that doesn't quite hit the mark isn't you know isn't a be all. Yeah, I mean we've had we've had nine pretty good episodes. True. I mean yeah. all of the. This is definitely the best second season of a thing that we've watched. True. Yeah. But yes, we... Um, this is better than like... Uh, uh, fuck, what's that episode? <laughs> the Low Road? <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, I was, I was going to say your favorite episode. Oh, Code um, of Hero? Oh, Code of Hero. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. Oh... That would just piss me off. <laughs> like podcast is over. Unfortunately, I didn't execute the insult, uh, so uh, yeah. podcast is not over. 
but yes, yeah, so we we get the the Decepticons uh, and Scorponok fighting again, and the the Autobots are, are trying to figure out a way to to make their escape, and Prime comes or no rather Wheeljack comes up with a plan. So Prime is able to connect the the cable that was around Scorponok's neck and hooks it up to the console that Wheeljack had used earlier. And as the as Prime orders the Autobots to leave, Megatron turns around and he's about to shoot. Scorponok tries to move against him and flicks the switch and the gravity in the room suddenly disappears. So, so all the Decepticons and Scorponok float up into the air as the Autobots make their escape and get onto the ship. But... Uh, we then cut to Starscream, who is in a foul mood, and just he he tells Barricade to get all the weapons online and just fire. He, and he's like, "Well, wait, where's Megatron?" He's like, "Megatron's dead." <laughs> and so Starscream just bats him out of the way, readies the weapons to, to fire, and is basically like, "Goodbye, Autobots and Megatron." And so, wait, isn't there the seen just before that where the Autobots get on their ship and are getting ready to leave. Yes. Yeah. Prime does uh, have a moment where he's telling, you know, Ironhide to to get ready to depart. Um, Bumblebee, he and Bumblebee have a bit of a discussion as well. Uh, because in order for them to get to the Allspark, they have to blow up the base. But blowing up the base means destroying Megatron and Prime says that he is not going to do that. And I think Bumblebee's like, I don't think he'd do that for you. And and he's like, yes, I believe you're right. Yeah. But it still doesn't change his order. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, so we get the the nemesis as it's preparing to fire. And Optimus is telling Ironhide to, you know, warp out. And just as Ironhide starts to hit some buttons, Blast shoots out of the nemesis. And we then get another big flash of white light. And as it fades back in, we see Optimus, and he's like, Ironhide, where are we? And Ironhide says, I am i don't know, because the warp drive didn't kick in. He's like, it's saying that we're where we were, but it's not. And as we look out the window, we see like a multicolored spectrum sort of dealio sort of glisten in front of the window before we cut to the credits. So... Another, That'll be interesting. Oh, and uh, another quick thing. As uh, Starscream is powering up the weapons, Barricade even says, "Is like, wait, we won't be able to warp away in time. Yeah. So he's also like, you know, shooting, basically exploding a station while we're docked to the spaceship might not be a good, be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's dumb. Damn the torpedoes. I have a feeling, Kendall, you're going to find the next episode interesting. Uh-oh. I almost finished the series. Like, I almost just powered through the last three episodes. Oh, you were tempted, huh? Um, but, uh, yeah, then I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 I do want to say one thing, but I don't want to spoil it, so I shall refrain. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes interesting episode overall i think um definitely not the strongest one this season as our discussion is indicated but 
I mean, we've we've had not, we've had nine pretty good episodes. Right, right, and it was. Uh, I I also think that um there was there was a lot. So last week's episode felt like not a lot of like there wasn't a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we had some character development. Some of it worked and some of it didn't, but uh, it definitely settled, said some stuff about the characters. And so we'll see how that goes forward. Like we'll have to look and see, you know, the next time that Optimus has the chance to kill Megatron, does he do that? Yeah. The next time that, you know, you know, cause now we're going to, and then, and then now we're going to be, we know that Optimus was willing to risk everything to save Megatron. So the next time that he risks other people's lives or if he has to leave somebody behind or or whatever, I mean, that's because or the next time Megatron does a terrible thing, mm-hmm. then you know, that's all because of because of the decisions that Optimus made in this episode. And what does that say about that character? Does his character learn anything from it? Uh, that's, you know, because maybe it's not that he was, maybe it's not that he was out of character. Maybe it's just that he made some bad calls or yeah. that, mm-hmm. or that I, or that I don't understand that I've misjudged his character or that his character has developed at the time that he was flying around in space, looking at this space. <laughs> uh, so Jordan, do we have any questions this week? Uh, yeah, we have, uh, actually double checked uh the um uh facebook group and there doesn't seem any extra there but we do have one from twitter cool uh so cassidy okay wait hold on it's cassidy space rainbow flag emoji lizard emoji space brain emoji uh is their current username at what is cosplay hi cassidy hey uh do y'all think kitty will become furry beast wars ravage in kingdom and they also asked if sound delays formed a band with the Cassetticons, what instruments would they all play? I don't think Ravage is going to get upgraded like no. like uh, did in Beast Wars, but I think that I think we are going to see a Cheetor and a and and hmm. I wonder if we'll see Tigertron. Ooh. I know that I know that uh, there's a t- toy Air Razor being made, and it would be kind of nice to see the two of them around again. Oh, um, hmm. Mm. Judging by the box, that is a possibility. There's an yeah. air razor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's what it's gonna. It's. Uh, I think it's a. Voyager oh wait, Plus, there is it? there is a Tigatron toy that came out. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I must have it's got a, It's got a guts gun like Cheetor. <laughs> uh, really? I gotta yep. buy more toys. <laughs> <laughs> but um. This whole podcast has just been one clever ruse by Hasbro <laughs> just to make Kendall buy more toys. I mean that's the that is the point of the show, right? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as for the uh, who would play what instruments things, well, first I actually had to look up and I kept this to just Decepticons. Uh, how the the entire role of mini cassettes, and there's about like eighteen of them. I did not realize there were that many. Yeah, like just just breaking down the names. There's Auto Scout. Beast Box, Buzzsaw, Enemy, Flipsides, Frenzy, Garboyle, Glit, Howback, Laserbeak, Overkill, Ratbat, Ravage, Rumble, Slugfest, Squawk Talk, Sunder, and Wing Thing. Okay, Let, let's narrow it down to the, the main <laughs> cassettes that yeah. we have seen. So well, we've, got, we've got Ravage. 
that that's uh, was the next thing was because we've got ravage laser beak yes and if we're talking about war for cybertron we haven't seen rumble and frenzy but we have seen a buzzsaw that was yes. the one, buzzsaw like one that that was with uh sound blaster yeah um i think i'm gonna make an honorable mention for rumble and frenzy and say that they yeah. would have been the drummers yeah i mean rumble is the t- is both of them have always been like 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 kind of like these punk characters in a yes. lot of their variations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rumble specifically has been also one of those ones that has been, uh, has like, like uh, earthquake making things. So him as a drummer, drummer or something that causes a lot of bass and rumbling. Mm-hmm. I mean, as is his name seems very in character for him anyways. Yeah. Um, I want to say that Ravage would be like that piano cat. <laughs> Um, Buzzsaw, uh, I think, would be the lead singer. Yeah. I think, I, and I think Laserbeak... I think Laserbeak would probably pluck at a bass. And then Soundwave would be lead guitar. Okay, <laughs> so here's um, here's my here's my take. Uh, because the only two that I know are Ravage and Laserbeak. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole band. <laughs> um, and they are the White Stripes. Uh, Laserbeak oh. is, uh, Laserbeak is, um, well, see, now I have Yeah, I think Laserbeak is, uh, Meg White and, uh, and, um, uh, Ravage is Jack White. Well, that seems to work with the, with them in the show at the moment. Cause I mean, Ravage is the yeah. one that is much more emotive and, to- and well, a talkative of sorts as opposed to what we've seen of Laserbeak. Cause like, yeah, cause like Laserbeak is not a good character. Meg White's not a good drummer. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, and then Jack White, uh, is, uh, does, has done a lot more besides, uh, the white stripes and, uh, Ravage has done a lot more besides the white stripes. <laughs> I mean, it's would really Laserbeak, Ravage's band, really. Would, yeah. Would Laserbeak have just one drumstick in its beak? <laughs> I mean, that's basically all Meg White does. <laughs> oh, good to know. I, that's that's like okay, so Meg White's not actually a bad drummer. She just but she does play like very simply in the I mean the I don't even the white stripes isn't really a thing anymore. It was just like that was kind yeah. of Jack how Jack White became famous for yeah. like two albums. And but she's she he, she got a lot of grief and probably a lot of it was uh-huh. sexism, but she got yeah. a lot of grief being called like a bad drummer. Uh it, but, it, I thought it was just that she she really literally didn't uh, play the instruments until Jack White formed White Stripes and asked her to, ha- to do the drums for him. I mean, that's I, I don't know. I don't know the, the, uh, the details, the, the specifics yeah. of that. That's very possible. But also it's very possible that you that that her her drum playing was deceptively simple. Uh, actually, it was simple, but actually better. And she kept up with him and their sound was kind of a really basic sound. You know, they didn't have yeah. a bass player. You know, it, it it was a very unique, you know, it was what they achieved what they were trying to do with those albums. Yeah. Um, hey, but, I still enjoy listening to Hardest Button to Button. But School of Rock was a movie that came out at the time that I was the most like anti everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I know that I'm generally super main. My opinions are super <laughs> mainstream now. And oh, I, yes. I just, I am not contrarian at all, no. but I was at my most contrarian when school of rock came out. And I also like, 
I do still think that School of Rock is kind of like a. I mean, it's a it's a it's a kids movie. It's a family movie, but it's like a watered down version of something like Spinal Tap or Airheads or like a you know movie about a dumb rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you know, and I mean, it's obviously it's it's different. But anyway, but people like go we're going crazy for School of Rock, and the 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 scene in it that makes me the most angry is the girl who's the drummer. Um, they're like, they're like, I'm just saying, or I don't remember if she's the drummer or what, but they're, they're, the, they're talking. They're like, there's just, there aren't any good women, you know, women. I, I can't help it. Women can't play drums. You know, like the guys are kind of being sexist and, and the only drummer that, that the girl can name is Meg white, <laughs> who is specifically, and especially when that movie came out was known as a bad drummer. Like, so like, like you couldn't, you know, you couldn't name, I mean, I don't know any, I don't know any women drummers, but I only know like four guy drummers, but like, you know, one of those, one of the bands with the, it was like the Pixies or something, uh, all women, like there were bands, there were like punk bands back in the, in the day that, that were all women. Like you could have, it is a work of fiction. You could have, you could have named an actual like well-known good drummer instead you named Meg white because you didn't want to take five minutes to do research. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my, that's my, that's my rant. That's why, that's why well, school of rock is inferior to all the other movies. I'm trying to remember is, does Lenny can't. Yeah. Lenny Kravis has a female drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, okay. yeah. The, the I name mean, is are, escaping I mean, me though. I, the only reason, the only, I mean, I mean, the reason I don't know by name women drummers is one, because all rock stars are men. Like the, most of them, unfortunately there's like lots of sexism and, and uh, most of the time the, you know, the ones that, the ones that I remember, especially for the ones from 30 or 40 years ago are, are dudes. And also like, I know Ringo Starr and Max Roach and, uh, uh, Dave Grohl, that's the other drummer that I know. <laughs> I can name three drummers and Meg White. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me th- like because I don't know the drummer from Rolling Stones. I don't know his name. Um, you know, I don't know the name of the drummer from Pearl Jam. Uh, you know, I don't know the name of the drummer from Green Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Travis the drummer in Blink One Eighty Two? Yes. Okay, so that's five drummers that I can name. I don't know the drummer in U2. I mean, Pete Best used to be the drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> Paul McCartney uh, was the best drummer in the Beatles. Uh, but yeah, so so that was our question for the week. Although, yep. Jordan, what what did you think? What 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 would your band be? Um, let's I let's see. I think I think Soundwave would would uh would use a soundboard and synthesizer with uh, Ravage and Laserbeak backing them up on some other instruments. Um, maybe guitars, but more like, like a rhythm and bass than an actual lead or guitar. Okay. Um, and I think Rumble and Frenzy would also would, would, would just be per- percussion instruments as well. Yeah. Like one, definitely one of them drum, but I'm not sure what the other would be. But they're just their their manic personality seems to me like they would not be for like you know an actual 
for for like an actual string instrument or 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 a key or a keyboard or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as for any of the other multiple like crazy ones, I just think they would just be like rotating uh, singers that would come in at certain times or anything like that. Because okay. I mean, we've got like what Buzzsaw Ratbat. I think Ratbat would be would try to would try to muscle in as and become the uh, the new the new uh, uh, manager. Oh, okay. Uh, but I don't know. Like, there's there's some others that I've that I've just forgot about. Like, I don't like. I'm not sure how Overkill or Slugfest would come in. The dinosaur ones. Uh, let's see what other there's and there's just been so many other ones that just do random things. Yeah. Well, I think I think we had I think we had some pretty good discussion with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anything either of you would like to plug this week? Oh, I had a question, Greg. Oh, did did so, you send it over Twitter <laughs> or Facebook? So, uh, so Greg, uh, I'm just curious because we've been talking about food at the end of all these podcasts for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, uh, just because it's a regional term, if I were to tell, if I were to ask you what what your thoughts on Coney dogs were, would you know what I was talking about? Uh, I vaguely heard of them, but I am not sure on the specific as far as what it entails. Okay. So Coney dog is a regional term for a, a chili dog. Okay. Um, and in Ohio, we have, there's a city called Cincinnati <laughs> and, uh, there's a specific style of Coney dog Okay. Uh, known as the C- Cincinnati Coney dog or Cincinnati chili Coney something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, it is a very small hot dog in a in a like a kind of big bun with mm-hmm. a, a a chili that is a that has a cinnamon and like a sweetness to it as as a, and not a lot of meat and not a lot of other stuff. Uh, just it's most it's kind of a it's it's more of a sauce. It's like a Coney sauce, but it's a chili. Mm-hmm. And okay. then uh, you put. Uh, about a pound of uh, mild shredded mild cheddar cheese on top. Okay. Um, and it is uh, it's good stuff. Jordan, have you ever had a, a Cincinnati Coney dog like Skyline Chili or? Uh, I don't uh, think so, but that's because I've 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 always had this aversion to chili, so I've never actually had a chili dog. Okay. And it's one of those things where like maybe I should at least try it just to try it, you know? But I just haven't had the option in like forever. It really depends. Like it, it mm-hmm. like it's something like I'll I'll just it's just one of those things where like I'll have to keep an eye out for for next time. But so but yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to try an actual Coney dog or a Cincinnati one. Ooh. So I I yeah. just I just posted the image, Greg. Um, that's so a just lot to, of cheese. <laughs> and that's honestly that's like a. I couldn't find one with as much cheese as you normally get on them. That's oh, like wow. actually a conservative amount of cheese. Wow. And then those are, if you want to visualize them, they're about three inches long. Ooh, really? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. So you eat, eat uh, two to six of them. Hmm. Um, and they also, then, then the other uh, Cincinnati chili dish is to put, is to put that sweet chili and copious amounts of cheese on spaghetti. Oh, is that why you're bringing this up? What? No, 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 no. No, I just, uh, <laughs> I just, I just was was kind of curious 
So what is your uh, so what is your uh, regional? What does a chili dog look like in in uh, 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 up north? Or well, to to be perfectly honest, we like chili dogs aren't really a big thing up here. Um, and come to think of it, I can't really think of too many places that serve chili dogs around here. Because mm-hmm. um, when in, and really there aren't a lot of places that do uh, that do chili justice, in my in my opinion. Because okay. we've got we've got like Tim Hortons chili and Wendy's chili, which are both really watery, um, like not nearly as hearty as I would like to see, and they're not nearly as spicy as I would like to see. Um, I wasn't big into chili until I want to say probably five or six years ago, because for the longest time, my taste palette, I, a, I hate beans Mm -hmm. or I did hate beans for the longest time, especially as a child and B, I was never a big fan of soup. So Mm -hmm. anytime I was presented with chili, a, it had beans, which I hated and B was really, really soupy, which I didn't like. Uh So so when I decided to make a chili, I wanted to make a very hearty chili rather than really watery chili um, and really, really thick and meaty. So um, I, th- I think if, if, if I were to make a chili dog for this area, I'd probably do maybe something with a little bit of sweetness to it or just a hint of it. Um, maybe like, like the sweetness that's in a Cincinnati chili candle. What's it from? Is it just like sugar or is there like something in particular that Uh, fed into it? It's mainly, it's mainly the cinnamon that that brings out. I I don't know if there's, I'm sure there's sugar in it just because there's sugar and everything. I don't know the exact, but like what it's, it is known as the cinnamon and like people who are just like people are offended by Ohio pizza people who are offended by Cincinnati chili, you know, like there's a joke in Halton catch fire where the old guys like the secret to chili is that you take that cinnamon and you put it in the cupboard where it belongs. Keep it away <laughs> from the chili. <laughs> um, uh, so, so it's, but it's uh yeah, the cinnamon, I think it's the cinnamon. And then I, I'm sure there's other stuff mm-hmm. in it too. I'm not a, I, I buy it at the store. Okay. Uh, um, I mean, I go to I go to Skyline Chili, and and uh, they have them. They have them there. Just because if I was to to introduce any sort of a sweetness into a chili, it would probably be from me putting in like say a maple bacon in my chili, um, but nothing like super duper strong, like and definitely not a cinnamon. Um, but then I I'd probably like use your you know your standard ground beef or. or or whatever, uh-huh. and some bacon, the bean. I I do like a, a, a red kidney bean. Uh, uh, your garlic, your onion. I might even do like maybe some diced sausage in it to right. put on top of a hot dog. But the hot dog, I would probably go because if you're gonna have a chili, and with with these with your hot dogs down there, do do you do like an all all beef? sort of hot dog or is it like a pork based hot dog that you so have? the um the the traditional cincinnati coney mm-hmm. um it is a and i actually i did a little bit of research on this because i did my hot dog tour uh and that was primarily in the cincinnati area mm-hmm. uh 
they it's a it's a chicken and pork hot dog. They okay. actually intentionally make it uh they intentionally make it like incredibly mild and they just boil it. They don't brown it or anything. Like they kind of make it a, as basic as possible. So almost like a Costco hot dog. Well, Costco hot dogs are beef. Well, yeah, but I mean like but, boil they boil the beef hot dogs rather than than yeah. like frying them. Yeah, yeah. Uh yeah, so so but the but the point of it is that the the hot dog is very is the hot dog by itself is very bland mm-hmm. and then because of that you can you can bring out the you can you can have the the chili be really flavorful and not have okay. the the flavor be be overwhelming. Um okay. and uh yeah, Skyline does that pretty does that pretty well and they they're a regional chain. Uh, but then there are some uh, some other uh, like, indi- or I don't know I don't know if independent is the right word, but like standalone places down in in uh, Cincinnati, most notably Camp Washington in Cincinnati mm. is a is a famous uh, restaurant that does this style. Hmm. Okay, I probably I probably go with like a pork hot dog then, mm-hmm. and uh, probably one of the things that I would do with my chili as well. Or at least personally, what I do with my chili is um, I make sure that I have cayenne pepper in it because I I like having that little bit of spice not not too too much but enough to like tickle the lips. So it wouldn't be five alarm, but it, you would definitely feel you would definitely have a kick when you when you take a bite out. So so you guys don't do chili dogs up north. Uh, is is there a a way that hot dogs are are served or are hot dogs a joke american food that dumb americans are dumb about no it's like i don't think that there's any like we we have hot dogs but it i'm not at least my region of the country i'm not familiar with any place that that has like any sort of a famous type of chili dog which you know in a sense is is kind of unfortunate because the the, you know the way my palate is now i'd definitely be interested in one but I'm not aware of any place around that has it, um, but if you go further west, I would I'd be willing to bet that at least Ontario probably has something, and I can almost guarantee you that probably Alberta does. Okay, well, I will uh, ask you more hot dog questions next week. Good to know. <laughs> I shall I shall do my best to prepare, prepare. <laughs> or or, uh, or some other kind of food. Oh, that's the real question. What do you do with ground pork? I got my butcher box delivery this week or t- today and it came with ground pork and I have no idea what I'm going to do with ground pork. You've never had ground pork? I mean, I'm not saying that I've never had it. I just don't know what I would do to what I would cook with what I would cook it with with it. I mean, anything that you would is it like a lean ground pork? Probably. Most, most ground pork tends to be a lot leaner than than beef. So I would I would use ground pork pretty you can use it pretty much as a substitute for any sort of a lean ground beef, as far as I I'm concerned. Like I've used it for quite a few things before in places. So, like, could beef. I do just burgers? Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I, could do, I was thinking because I was thinking burgers, I was thinking tacos. Um, people suggested that I make meatballs, but then I would have to like do like seasoning and also <laughs> get beef, and I just want a basic. Well, I mean, with with meatball meatballs, you could definitely do. I've heard of pork meatballs before. Um, what you could do is if you're going to do a meatball, uh, you could do, you could do it similar. You don't necessarily need to add beef to it. Um, but I would maybe, because it's so lean, you might want to try adding in 
like uh, probably like a like some eggs when you mixed it in just to have it a bit stickier okay. or or something to something to to make it stick a little bit better because okay. otherwise otherwise it's it's going to be really really lean and they might crumble a bit more than what you would have with like a regular beef meatball okay that makes sense all right well i'm glad we got you here with your expertise of <laughs> oh i i'm not i'm not an expertise i am not an expert <laughs> By any stretch, I I am putting a disclaimer right here. I am not an expert, so if somebody comes <laughs> up says something on Twitter like "You suggested this and this is horrible," somebody could die from salmonella or something like that. I am not saying I, that I am an expert I'm not whatsoever. Die from salmonella, don't worry. I know how to cook things. Ah, <laughs> uh, so so aside from thermometer. okay, so aside from the question, is there anything either of you would like to plug this week? Um, I'll just plug my uh, Twitter account this time uh, at Dorimingu D-O-R-I underscore M-I-G-U like I said I always try to re you know retweet uh, when stuff comes out both from Audio Entropy and Jesse Cooper and just other things that people are doing cool Kendall how about you uh, well you know Candlecast.ninja. Uh we've uh, I'll have the episode uh the first episode of the poll lists uh epic review of the Civil War entire Civil War event our road to Civil War episode uh probably up by the time this episode's up and then um look in the near future for a project that I'm calling Tell Me What You Had for Breakfast which is going to be an interview series I have three interviews coming up scheduled so there probably will be at least three episodes eventually of it uh-huh. but uh, cool. uh interviewing somebody who's been podcasting since 2007 wow yeah yeah and he I, I he he doesn't believe me when i call him a podcasting uh, uh pioneer but uh <laughs> yeah we'll we'll uh have, i'm looking forward to that that interview and then uh some other fun stuff uh, but I don't want to go. Don't want to get like overly announcey about it. But uh, it's a new project that I'm going to be working on. Cool, right on. Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at the real Gonmon G O N M U N. I am literally sitting at 99 followers on my Twitter. I just realized <laughs> that this evening. Like, oh, I didn't realize I was that close. But so if, if somebody's listening and they haven't followed my Twitter, by all means, feel free. I don't get very many Twitter followers, so if you feel generous, by all means, please hit the follow button. Uh, I'm normally just retweeting stuff from Audio Entropy or stuff that I like. I'll comment on stuff every once in a while or post a picture or something I find funny. Uh, I posted the primal that I got this evening from my son. So, yeah, if you want to follow that, by all means... You can find us on audioentropy.com with many other podcasts on there, including Teenagers with Attitude. Oh my god, I I tried to combine Attitude with Eidolon there. Wow, brain, way to go. So, yes, Teenagers with Attitude, Eidolon Playtest, Common Rider Reprise, many other podcasts there for you to listen to. Feel free to share them if you if you're on Facebook, we've got the Facebook group for Warren B's podcast. So there you go. It's another week. Thank you folks for listening. So with that being said, I have been Greg. I have been Jordan. And I'm Kendall. To all our one folks. 
I forgot what your Twitter name was. I was going to follow you with my <laughs> other Twitter account. Oh, you just wanted to be the hundreds one. <laughs>